Welcome to Artful Aging with your host, Amy. Are you a senior or a caregiver of a senior looking for support and direction? Best-selling author, educator, and expert in senior living, Amy Friesen is here with the help you need while providing you with an important and valuable support network. So now, please welcome the host of Artful Aging, Amy Friesen. Good morning, everyone. Sorry for the delay. I'm Amy Friesen, and this is Artful Aging with Amy. We are live from Bold Brave TV, and on today's show, I'm going to give you a glimpse into who I am, and also we have two amazing guests that are going to be joining us after the commercial break. I'm so excited for this opportunity to be giving you helpful advice from our leading experts, whether you are looking for some extra help as a caregiver and you're just trying to make it work, or if you're a senior and you need some extra assistance. Over the last two decades, I've been working with seniors and caregivers and I've noticed one common issue. It's really difficult for people to identify the types of services that they need, but I've also noticed that it's really difficult to find the right support whether it's in the community with services or um, with your family members, just generally speaking, it's tough to find the services that you need and what to know about each service. No one wants to age. I totally get that. The most popular comment I get from my clients is I'm going to go out feet first, which is of course their choice, but there are definitely ways and services to make aging less stressful and more fulfilling. So instead of just waiting for a crisis and dealing with it, then I'm hoping that this show will help prepare you for that. Um, so as we kick off our first show, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my background and then we'll introduce our guests. So I've been working in the seniors industry over the last almost two decades in marketing and retirement living. And what I noticed through my time is that there in retirement living, generally speaking, there are so many options, but not as much information. And really what I wanted to have people learn is that they can be educated in retirement living to make the best choices possible for them. Um, but then also, you know, not have to keep moving. They can also find out about their care levels and whatnot. So we work a lot with uh, families who need some extra mediation. So I'm definitely working with a lot of caregivers and the seniors they love, but I'm also directly working with seniors themselves. I always like to think about senior living as um, a next step in a journey and it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be worrisome, although I do understand it is, but think about it in this way. A lot of us have new experiences through our entire lives that are scary. This one is terrifying. I will tell you. And, um, I've never done this before and I know what it led up to be, uh, to get here today. But once you have an experience, things get easier. And so think about, you know, when you got your driver's license and think about how excited you were to do that. But also remember that learning to drive is scary and it's terrifying for many, but you learned how to do it. And then you've had years of compounding experience to make sure that, you know, it sets you up for all the things that come with driving. And that's the same with anything else um, as experience grows. But I have to tell you that most people don't have experience looking for retirement living. Most people have not had to look for services 
as theirs or their loved one's care has changed. And so this is a new experience for everybody. And so, again, I'm trying to use this show to show you that you don't have to be alone. There are resources in the community. There are resources here on our show. Um, and hopefully each of our people will allow you to put another piece of the puzzle together and help you to make a plan um, for the next things that are in your life. Obviously, it's not going to be retirement living for everybody, but things come up with people's health all the time. And so being able to make a plan is super important. We're going to have a lot of different um, advice here through our show. And so please stay tuned until the commercial break. But it looks like we're going to have time right now to take that break. So when we come back, I'm going to be speaking with Debbie Pilon and Aaron Langiano. And we are going to have a look at the very important topic of isolation and steps that we can take to lessen its effects, either in your home or in the community. I'm your host, Amy, and you're watching Artful Aging with Amy on Bold Brave TV. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy easysense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation author radio show host and coach john m hawkins reveals strategies to help gain perspective build confidence find clarity achieve goals john m hawkins new book Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Welcome back to Artful Aging. I am your host, Amy, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave TV. My guests today are joining us from Royal Ottawa Place Long-Term Care and have many years of experience helping families navigate not only long-term care, but also addressing seniors' needs to be involved and in what happens in the senior and what happens when seniors become isolated. Debbie is a director of patient care services and is a strong believer in the notion that long-term care, uh, sorry, that a long-term care home is a place that seniors or others who need specialized care can thrive and have a quality life. 
And Aaron, a recreational therapist, is passionate about using recreation as a therapeutic tool. She enjoys helping the residents reach their individual goals, improve their quality of life, and strives to be and strive to be the best version of themselves. Now, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I've worked in this uh, long-term care and retirement industries for almost two decades. These two ladies are so delightful. I'm really happy to have them. They care so much about the seniors in their lives. And really, you, you two ladies are my type of people. So a big welcome to Debbie Pilon and Erin Langiano. Um, and thank you for joining me today. I can hear the applause from here, ladies. Everybody's clapping. <laughs> so, so thank you, Amy. Thank you for so, having us. Oh, it's a pleasure, and I'm glad that you're here. So many people have their ideas about what long-term care is. And in fact, this is the number one question I get asked, what is the difference between retirement living and long-term care? Because that's my specialty. Um, but long-term care is also known as nursing homes as well still. Um, so maybe we could bring everyone up to speed and start with explaining what long-term care is and what the benefits can be for both individuals needing the service and for the families. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, in in Canada, they're typically called long-term care. And in the States, they're typically called nursing homes. I've worked in both environments. So that's for sure what they um, how they're defined within the two countries. But the simplest uh, term for long-term care, it's a place where adults live who require um, help with their activities of daily living. So always question is what is an activity of daily living so an activity of daily living are things like needing help with dressing and eating and bathing and grooming and we often think of it um, as a place for seniors to go when they have care needs that are beyond their ability to care for themselves at home or for their families to care for them at home or even um, getting the support from the community that they need they don't have it's beyond those needs from from them so, but in reality, in Ontario, anybody that is over the age of 18 is um, eligible for long-term care. So we don't think of that a lot. We always sort of think of a typical senior in long-term care, but it's actually anybody who requires um, help over the age of 18. Um, and we provide 24-hour nursing care, but it also provides a lot of social opportunities and a new support system that a lot of people don't have if they're at home alone. Um, in Ontario, the average age for long-term care is approximately 85 years old, and over 70% of people in long-term care are women. Um, so you asked what some of the benefits are for families. So again, like I said, some of the benefits are that it's a place that does provide medical care 24 seven. Um, so a family will know that when they put their loved one in a long-term care home, that the person is safe. There's somebody always there to watch them, to make sure if they have a fall that there's somebody in the, that will notice that they've had a fall. Um, and a lot of caregivers as well themselves are elderly. So when somebody's trying to take care of somebody at home, it's really difficult if they're also 85 and they're not physically or mentally able to take care of that person anymore. So, but what are the benefits to the long-term care resident themselves is that, that they get the care that they need, right? Um, they're followed by medical professionals all the time. Like I was just talking to Aaron, we were talking about it yesterday. And we were saying the difference um, with the pandemic is that for all of our residents, like we were very lucky. We did not have one case, knock on wood, of COVID in our home. Um, but uh, like our residents were monitored daily. Like at one time we were doing temperature checks on all of our residents twice a day and looking for any sign and symptom of COVID. And if there was anything, 
there was immediate action uh, put in place to make sure that the person was put on isolation and they were not interacting with anybody else and that we were calling the doctor and making sure. So, um, so that, that's the biggest thing is that they're constantly observed um, and checked. Um, they also have access to services and programs that they might not have at home. So things like spiritual care um, right in house, uh, physical therapy, they don't have to go anywhere for that, occupational therapy, and of course, what Aaron does best, recreation therapy. Um, and then also the, in, the interaction that they have with others. Again, if they're at home, they're isolated maybe by themselves, um, especially in the wintertime when it's hard to get out. Um, when you're living in a long-term care, you're living with, in our case, 63 other residents in the home. So it becomes sort of a family of its own. And also in long-term care, there's no physical barriers. So if they need assistance, like they have a lift that they need just to use the washroom, we have all those devices. Um, our meal, the meals and housekeeping are provided and the medications, the big thing for both the families and the residents are medications, that the medications are provided so that they're taken on time, on a timely manner, that the correct dose is given, that they're not forgotten, they're not missed. Um, and then the last couple of things here is the biggest, one of the biggest things is I think that the connections that they make with staff. Um, so they have a support system that they might not have at home or Sometimes they have a great support system at home, but there's a lot of residents, unfortunately, as they age that, you know, they, they, their support system really isn't what it used to be. I think it's a, a really important point too, right? And that's the same with me in retirement living, right? People don't understand that it's a whole community. And, and this is why we were talking about isolation too. It's a whole community and, and, and there's people around and you don't have to do it on your own. Like I said, you know, when I came on today, you don't have to be, doing things all the time on your own and taking the hard route, right? Um, and then, you know, has, on that note, kind of what has come up in your experience as as main misconceptions? Can you just give me maybe one before we go to commercial break? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest misconceptions in long-term care is that it's a place that you go to die. And we really like to look at it as a place where residents go and live and they get to have new experiences, meet new friends, you know, have things that they maybe wouldn't have at home. So I think yeah. that's one of the biggest misconceptions. For sure. Yeah. And it, like, again, just, you know, just people around. And I think in the pandemic definitely hasn't helped, you know, generally the, the community is, is more scared than anything. But we'll talk more about that in a minute. Coming up on Artful Aging with Amy, Debbie and Aaron are going to discuss ways families can cope with this post-pandemic world that we're now living in. Like I said, people are a little bit scared and we're gonna talk about that in depth. Uh, what are the new hurdles and the struggles that seniors and families are facing? I'm your host, Amy, and you're watching us on Bold Brave TV and we'll be right back. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like I had 
relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside. You know, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of the Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, hope, and support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. Welcome back. Before the break, we were chatting about misconceptions about long-term care. Let's continue the session now with Debbie and Aaron. As we are now living in a post-pandemic world, I'm seeing a lot of people stuck in the pandemic thinking. What are some of the issues that are that the, you are addressing at the home as people start to dip their toes in again? Is there a common thread amongst families? Where I know that we're dealing with this all the time uh, with our clients. So tell me about it from your point of view. Yeah, so many of our residents were were nervous, but also very excited to get back into the world and be able to go into the community again. Um, in long-term care, we had a lot of regulations that were set in place. Uh, the regulations were set in place to keep the, the residents safe because we were seeing many outbreaks and deaths within long-term care. Um, but these restrictions were difficult on the residents and family members and staff as well, um, because many of their, their lifestyles changed. Um, so for instance, we have a lot of independent residents that went out on a daily basis. They took the bus to their local mall, um, and all of a sudden couldn't do that and couldn't, you know, we had different restrictions living in the community. We were able to still shop for ourselves and do those things. So that was one of the biggest things that the residents struggled with was not being able to purchase their own things. So that kind of choice was taken away from them. Um, so when we looked at addressing our residents getting back in the community, it was so important that we gave them the tools to succeed. Um, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later of how we um, accomplished that. Um, but I think one of the most difficult things was when family and friends and volunteers couldn't come in, a lot of our residents also lost kind of those connections. Um, so uh, it was so important for us to to keep them connected. So we set up Zoom and Skype and daily meetings. Um, when the restrictions lifted a bit, we were able to do outdoor visits. And and honestly, it was just so heartfelt to see people being able to visit with their loved ones again, even if it was from a safe distance. Um, so now that residents can go out again, families are excited. 
again, some families are nervous. I think that's like anyone dealing with COVID. There's different people who are at different levels. Um, but they're taking their family out again. They're taking them for meals. They're taking them shopping. They're taking them to family gatherings. So it's really great to see the residents kind of get back into some of their 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 activities they enjoyed before COVID. For sure. And it's, you know, I remember like the pandemic, um, you know, public health type of uh, announcements, even in the retirement industry, kept changing, you know, almost on the daily, right? And it's like, what if what if families do? They can come, they can't come, what's happening? The other thing I found on my end of when I was helping with clients is that, um, and let me know if you're finding this as well, it's a little bit different in long-term care, but a lot of them were waiting way too long to get help in the community. So a lot of our people just stop the bus, right? If they were, you know, waiting to go into long-term care, waiting to go into retirement or to get services from care providers and things like that, people were just very much, everything was on hold, which then, of course, as you ladies know, causes a ripple effect, right? And everything was on hold. They're not, they're not planning. They basically just got stuck. And so, you know, again, it's different for long-term care, but did you notice that as well? Like people were just kind of what do we do? Okay, well, we're going to hunker down. And then, you know, and then what, right? Things have lifted. And then what do they do? Yeah, well, definitely during the pandemic, we didn't have as many oh, applications. Debbie, I, can't, I oh, can't hear you. You can't hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you, Eric, can you talk? Can you hear me? Hi everyone. Well, you know, if the first show doesn't fail, then we're we're on a good track record to really make this work. So thanks for hanging in for me. Uh, welcome back to Artful Aging with Amy. We've been discussing long-term care and the new world we live in with Debbie and Aaron. I'm just going to jump right back in. So Debbie and Aaron, isolation has been such a huge issue with seniors, especially since COVID. What are some of the issues that you're seeing as folks transition from their home to long-term care? Well, for sure, isolation in all long-term care residents um, happens, but especially with seniors, it's very common when they move to long-term care. Um, so this transition is all around very disruptive. And oftentimes we see people isolate themselves as a response to such a drastic change. So pre-pandemic, when people would come in, we would be really working with them, you know, introducing them to everybody else in the home, trying to make them feel welcome, taking them um, to the dining room, introducing them maybe to a special somebody that they could meet as a friend, a friendly face, you know, and then the pandemic happened. And when the pandemic happened, it was a totally different kind of isolation because these poor people were coming into our home and this was prior to having any vaccinations, they would have to be put on isolation for 14 days. So immediately coming in, their families weren't allowed to come with them. They weren't allowed, so their families would usually bring all their stuff and prepare their room and make it look nice and none of that was happening. They would come in, they would be put on isolation for 14 days. And then the first people they would see would be a staff member coming in in full PPE. So they would be wearing gowns, they would be wearing gloves, they were wearing goggles, they were wearing masks at the time. And so that's not very friendly, not very welcoming, right? Um, so that really did not help with the isolation for sure. Um, 
so their families couldn't come in to support them. And then, like as Aaron was saying earlier, we lost all of our one-on-one -on -one people that would come, like our volunteers and our students. We had none of that happening. So they didn't. We didn't have any volunteer supports. We didn't have any community programs, right? So a lot of our residents go out. Um, we have programs in house, many programs in house, but they also we would part of Aaron's job is connecting them with community programs if that's what they're interested in or church programs. So all of those things stopped as well. Um, the family connections. At the beginning, there was none of that. Families couldn't come in to visit. There was no outings. And at the very beginning, right, Aaron, we even didn't have any in-person programming. We were told to cancel all programming, do not have a newspaper outside that they could share. So the isolation, it really was impactful to the isolation for sure. Yeah, and I, I remember um, even more so as well as when that two-week isolation came on, um, all of our folks who had cognitive issues also had to isolate on the secured floors and memory care, which is probably the same with you as well. And it's, you know, that's a very, very tricky isolation period for someone who has cognitive issues that can't understand, right? So yeah. um, tell me, what are some of the warning signs that seniors can look for in themselves that um, can give them a heads up that there might be some issues? Yeah, so I think when you're looking at a new resident or even a resident that's lived in long-term care, um, a big part of that is knowing who they are. So oftentimes, sometimes staff tell us, you know, this person's isolating, and but the reality is, is you know, Mrs. Weber wasn't really social before. So in recreation therapy, we do an assessment to really get to know who the resident is because our job in long-term care is to provide opportunities for social engagement. But if that's not your personality, just because you've moved into long-term care, you're not going to change. So again, if Mrs. Weber didn't like baking before she moved into long-term care, we're not going to invite her to baking because we want to make those connections with her and, and have her want to come to groups that she'll enjoy that's meaningful and purposeful. Um, but I think what seniors can really look for is if they're, they are socially isolating. So say their daughter calls them every Monday and all of a sudden they're not picking up that call. They don't feel like talking. Um, they can also look at things like um, they're not doing their independent hobbies. Um, they're anxious if they're about to leave the home. So some of our residents prior to COVID were already anxious and we had to give them support. And that's normal for them. But if it wasn't a normal feeling, then it's important to, to keep going and, and get out in the community. I think also lack of motivation, um, being more tired. So if you're taking more naps, sleeping more often, um, if you've had a change in appetite. Uh, another really big one in our home that I notice is the weather, the seasonal change. So if it's a rainy, gloomy day, I'm trying to gather people for groups, often they're, they're refusing. So I think just being aware of the, the weather changes. And if a resident is all of a sudden refusing a lot of things, you need to touch base with them. So we have a resident um, at our home who always comes to our relaxation program. And all of a sudden she's refusing it. So I need to touch base with her and, and see why. So what's going on and, and remind her that it's a program that she can really benefit from. So I think those are some some great, excellent uh, points. And like from what you said before as well, Erin, it's hard because where's the line, right? If someone, you know, everybody generally was isolated, right? And so if someone, if you're looking at a senior who never really did participate and the family's trying to judge if like, is this a situation where they're isolated or is this a normal situation? Mm -hmm. So how do families recognize if their loved one is at risk in the home, either physically or mentally? 
So some of the things that they can look for are like similar to what Aaron was saying is changes in behavior. And again, that's difficult. Like with the pandemic for the last 20 months, they maybe have been isolated. So this is maybe their new norm, right? Um, but they can look at if they're not engaging in the hobbies and activities that they loved in the past. Um, if they are having increased falls in their home, um, if they're having accidents with like cooking, um, things like that. Also, if they're looking very disheveled, when you go to visit somebody and maybe they always used to wear their jewelry and put on earrings or always made sure that their hair was brushed nice and when you go to their home, all of a sudden they're looking not the way that they used to look, right? So that's a warning sign for sure. And one of the another big thing is if you notice an increase in substance abuse. So if the person's a smoker and maybe now they're smoking two packs a day versus half a pack, or that they were never much of a drinker before, but now you're noticing that they're consuming more alcohol than they used to. So that is definitely a warning sign as well. I always find it so interesting because you know, a lot of families tell us like they want to step in and they want to help, but at the same time, they don't want to overstep. Right. And it's like, how do you find that line from being a caregiver and wanting to be hands-on and not wanting to parent your parent? Yes. And let me tell you, that does not go over very well with any of the seniors I work with. Right. How do you find that line? But then also, you know, for the, for their own good, for their mental good, right? Like a lot of people, were coming to us with significant cognitive issues during the pandemic, a lot of them, more than I've ever seen in my entire career. And it was it was pretty wild, I have to say. And so the families were trying to balance, you know, how do I keep mom independent and not overstep? But then also, you know, I think something's wrong. But I know you need help, yeah. I know yeah, you need like help. what do I do? Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult. It's a, it's a difficult situation for sure. Um, and I think it's just being there and caring. That's the biggest thing is just being constantly around so that you are more aware and you can see those changes. So I think it's more noticeable when you've got like I definitely noticed it even in my own personal circumstance when you haven't seen somebody in a year and then you go and you see them a year later. Um, there you see a significant change. Sometimes you don't notice those changes when you see somebody every day as much as when it's a longer period of time. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, after the break, we're going to go and talk about prevention and give you some tips um, to keep everyone a little safer. Um, also, Debbie and Aaron are going to tell us more about the Royal Ottawa Place. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Again, I'm Amy, and this is Artful Aging with Amy on Bold Brave TV. See you in a few. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy sense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation 
author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We have been having such an informative discussion with Debbie and Aaron. We were just talking offline how we've been having technical difficulties for some of the last segment. I didn't even, I couldn't even hear Debbie and Aaron. So we're figuring it out, but it's interesting. We were speaking about how this is exactly how people um, had to live through kind of going online, going on Zoom, going on Skype uh, and communicating with each other. Lots of technical difficulties, new software. So it's, it's interesting that we can relate that way. Hopefully you can too. So let's discuss prevention. If a caregiver watching is noticing something is not quite right, their loved one might be acting differently or not going out as much, what can a caregiver do to help? So at home as a caregiver, I think one of the most important things that you can do is to continue just to provide support, encouragement, and choices. Number one thing is to continue to provide choices for a person. Remembering that it is their life, and if you were doing things and helping them with some of the things that they're interested in and things that are meaningful for them, definitely that they're more apt to get involved. Um, in, the, in a long-term care home, one of the things you can do if your loved one's in a long-term care home is make sure that you do stay connected with the person so that they don't feel abandoned by you. Um, so again, this, there's many ways you can do that. You can come into the home. You can um, make a phone call, send a letter. Residents still love getting letters, something in the it's mail true. from a loved one, you know. Yeah. Um, the new thing is, like we were saying, FaceTime and Skype. And that's been a, you know, there's many things that we can't wait after this pandemic for them to be gone. But there's some things that we've started to use that we're like, oh, my gosh, this is a tool we're going to continue to use. And FaceTime, like we're now FaceTiming and connecting with people all over the world with residents. So it's great. Like we have family members up in the Yukon and family members in Alberta that we always never saw their face. And now the residents are able to see their face. So that's a good thing. But continue to do things that are meaningful for the residents. So, for example, if a, a resident comes into a long-term care home and they get their hair done every Friday and they have for the last 30 years by their hairdresser, continuing to take them out to their hairdresser in the community to get their hair done every Friday. I think things like that will help ease the transition into a long-term care home and help with isolation for sure. We'll keep some of the familiar routine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Personally, I'm a I'm a big fan of the meetings virtually only because I feel like our industry was behind. And so now when I'm helping clients and families, I have people in Saskatoon, I have people in the States, I have I have people in hospital 
everybody has tablets, everybody, like everybody, there was a run on tablets, right? So <laughs> everybody, including all your social workers and your families and the seniors, everybody has them. Yeah. And so now they can join us on tour if they're out of town or in the hospital. And that's something that as in the retirement industry and I'm long-term care would be the same. We didn't have. And yeah. I think it's, I think it's awesome because we're still using it right to, to tour um, still without of um, province people or out of country people. Yeah. So cool. what types of programs and activities are most impactful to get seniors out and about? Yeah, so at Royal Ottawa Place, I'm going to kind of toot my own horn here, but we have an exceptional uh, recreation therapy team. We work really hard to uh, build trust with the residents and get to know them so we can really work one-to-one -one with them and, and get them involved in programs. Um, it's because of these relationships we build, I think, that we can really get them doing the programs that they enjoy. Um, when it comes to programming, like Debbie said, the main, the most important thing is making sure they're doing what they want to do. We're not, you know, we're not taking them out. So say a resident wants to go on an outing and they want to go shopping, but the outing that day is to Timmy's. What I'll try and do is I'll say, you know what, let's go to a mall that has a Tim Hortons so the resident can shop and the other residents can maybe have a Tim Hortons. So it's, it's really meeting the needs of the clients um, to make sure they're doing what they like to do. Um, I think what another thing is that people need to understand is getting out to seniors can look different. Um, it depends on what the individual wishes and desires. So some of our residents aren't interested in outings, but they love going out to our courtyard and, you know, working on the flowers or having a visit. Um, or some people like just going for a simple walk around the neighborhood or a community drive. They're not interested in getting out of the bus, but they're interested in getting out of the facility. Um, and then, you know, the residents that enjoy getting out, it's important to, to make sure you're taking them places that they want to go. For sure. And a lot of people, you know, as we've progressed through and, and into the, the post pandemic, you know, still a lot of people are uncomfortable still around crowds, right? Like we're not supposed to necessarily be too much around crowds anyway, but um, people just didn't want to go out. And I think that just getting them out for a walk, getting some fresh air, just that does help, right? So um, I also know that the Royal Ottawa Place has some specific programming um, around leisure and travel training. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Erin? Yeah. So before COVID, we had a huge travel training program. We have um, OC Transpo. We're in partnership with them and they provide us with passes and they've actually brought a bus so we could teach our residents one-to-one -to, -one to be able to use the city bus and be comfortable. Um, so once the restrictions were lifted and the residents were able to go back out. That was really important that the residents knew the changes in the community so they could be successful and comfortable going back in the community. So we started with a leisure education that basically taught the residents the changes. So, you know, following the arrows, using your hand sanitizer, making sure your mask is on properly. So all those good things that we were doing for a year, a year or two, and now that the residents had to do. Um, the second part of that program was actually doing the travel training. So if the client used the OC Transpo bus, that was the means we took them. We took them on the bus. We showed them the changes. Um, if they didn't use the uh, community transportation, they used our transportation because I have a bus that I drive the residents in. Then we took them on that bus, took them shopping, um, showed them the differences. And then the key point to um, kind of tie that all up was an evaluation. So what we did is we sat with the residents and went through um, kind of evaluation and how they did within the community. So did they use their hand sanitizer in and out? Did they give people personal space? 
And so we were able to give them feedback of what we saw and that enabled them to ask questions. And, you know, if they had any, you know, if they were nervous or had any questions, they could ask that. And we did that on a one-to-one basis and in a group basis. So maybe some things came up the residents weren't thinking about that other clients brought up. So it was a it was a great program, and I think it's really helped our residents get back in the community um, and be successful and and feel comfortable, which is very important. I think that is super important. Well, on that note, ladies, I'd like to thank both of you for joining us today and giving us some helpful information that I hope that both caregivers and seniors themselves can start to implement. You can find more information about both Debbie and Aaron over on artfulagingwithamy.com. And well, if you haven't figured me out by now, I'm all about planning and prevention. So the last segment is really up my alley. It's important to plan as much as you can. So when we come back, I'm gonna go through some tips of the day and tell you about next week's show. Stay tuned, you're watching Artful Aging with Amy on Bold Brave TV. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, It's like a a flow inside. You know, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of the Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, hope, and support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. Hi, everyone. We're back. Thanks again for joining me today. We've covered a lot and we had some weird breaks in between, so I'm going to sum up what I think the top tips are from today. So one of the first tips is Check in on your loved ones and watch for some of the signs we discussed. Have a look in, see if they're, you know, in their same routines. You know, we generally like to shake up our routines and that's okay. But if people aren't really doing well, they're going to tend to fall out of their routines. They're going to sleep differently. They're going to act differently. So really kind of keep an eye on and watch out for them. Number two, don't give up on your loved one. All it takes is one yes to start the wheel going. I know this from my own experience. 
definitely there, you know, when I used to work in the retirement homes, definitely people turned us down all the time to do stuff. And it's the same with your loved ones. If you're a caregiver, you know, they may not want to do something, but just keep encouraging them. Don't lose faith. You know, it just really does take one yes and and you're going. Um, Number three, when you are looking for an assisted living community, be a cheerleader for your loved one. You know, if they, if they want to move, and they're going towards that, then help them do that. You know, really be in their corner so that um, they know that they're being supported. Um, one of the worst things I see happening is one of this when the senior decides to make a move and they let the family know, um, the family says, oh no, you're not ready for that. And then the senior gets off track. So really, you know, if long-term care or retirement is in your loved one's future, make sure that you're a cheerleader and, and you, understand that you can't see everything that is going on. Um, and number four, getting you guess, plan, 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 plan all day long, plan again, plan again, again. I'm all about planning. You'll get to learn that. And that's really why we're doing this show. The more that you can put a plan together and reevaluate it, the better off I find that you're going to be at the end of the day, right? And nothing is, um, it doesn't have to be stable. It can be fluid as long as you've got something to work from and you tell people about it or at least tell people if it's written down where to find it. Really, that's kind of it for today. I know that uh, we've had some fun difficulties and I hope that most of you have stuck around. You know, it's just going to get better from here. We're trying to cover all aspects of downsizing and hoarding next week. So you don't want to miss that. If you're struggling to get um, pieces of your information together, if you're trying to figure out the retirement living sector or just the mindset that you should be in to look for retirement living or long-term care, you can head over to artfulagingwithamy.com. And on there, there's links to the book that I published called Breadcrumbs. Hopefully that'll give you some help as well. Um, And then as well on tntoast.ca, which is my company, um, you're going to receive free resources um, on there as well. Uh, and, and because I jumped the gun back to Artful Aging with Amy, you're also going to head over there to find out bios on our guests like Debbie and Aaron from today. You're going to find their contact information um, as well as you're going to see who our upcoming guest is. So especially, you know, if it's something that's close to you, um, you'll be able to tune in that day. And again, we're going to we're going to go live every week. So hopefully you can come along for the ride with us. Um, and always feel free that if you have any questions or concerns that something has come up and you just want to pick someone's brain, you can always send me an email right now. My email is amy at tandtoast.ca, which is my company. Um, and we'll be putting up an artful aging with Amy email shortly. Um, so again, if you're struggling, head over, get some free resources from all of us at bold brave TV. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been Artful Aging with Amy. And remember, the best laid plan is really a plan that is followed. So make sure that not only are you making these plans, but you're following through. And don't deviate because you're making a plan right when um, you've you've thought in the process, okay, we need to make this plan. And um, you're in right space of mind to do so. So when crisis hits, put the plan in place. And again, like I said, the best laid plan is one that's followed. So from me to you, I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. 
You've been listening to Artful Aging with host Amy. Many folks just like you feel they're alone in their journey in helping a loved one or caregiver. So tune in each week and let Amy show you that help is around the corner and is just one conversation away here on Artful Aging. Listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.